Welcome to Parenting Your Sensitive Child. Parenting a highly sensitive child can feel overwhelming, and all the parenting books in the world can only get you so far if your head and your heart are out of alignment with your child's. I'm your host, Julia McGarry. Let's create a new parenting paradigm. Hey y'all, today we're going to talk a little bit about the power of offering your children choices. Now regardless of what parenting books you've read or haven't read, you've probably heard that it's a good idea to offer your child choices. And I agree, having a say in what they do is empowering and it can help reduce the number of power struggles you're experiencing with your child. However, sometimes I talk to parents who have been offering their child choices and it doesn't seem to be helping much. If this is you, this is your episode. Either way, it's absolutely worth your time to bring some intentionality to the choices you offer your child. First off, I want you to take a second and think about the decisions that you have to make throughout your day. Think about how you feel at the end of the day on those days that you have a lot going on. You know the ones I'm talking about, the days that leave you so fried that you can't even process what to eat for dinner, and you kind of just wish somebody else would come and make that decision for you. If you know what I'm talking about, then you've experienced decision fatigue. Decision fatigue is one of the reasons that minimalism and things like capsule wardrobes have taken off. Every decision you make requires energy. And eventually, if you're making a lot of decisions every day, you hit a wall. You run out of energy. If you've spent a lot of energy on small decisions that don't really matter, and you don't have anything left for the big ones that do, it can be really frustrating. And the thing is, your kids can experience decision fatigue too. And it will likely hit them, they will likely hit that point of decision fatigue much more quickly than you would. So while offering your child choices can be a good thing, you want to be mindful of the number and type of choices you're offering. You don't want to be inventing choices that aren't actually authentic choices just for the sake of giving them a choice, okay? By that I mean silly things like, do you want to brush your teeth with a happy face or a sad face? If your sole purpose in asking a question like that is to give them a choice, then you want to take that off the table. On the other hand, though, if it's part of your routine and if it's something that your child genuinely thinks is funny and wants to hear from you, keep it. That's cool. You just don't want to be creating lots of decisions for the sake of giving them lots of choices. There is such a thing as too many choices, all right? In a similar vein, it's important to consider the quality of choices you're offering. Making a decision for yourself can be an empowering thing, or it can be really overwhelming. I want you to think about this from 
a consumer's perspective, okay? Say you want to buy a new pair of jeans. The first store you go into is full of clothes. There's a whole section devoted to jeans with different styles stacked up next to each other and even more options available on the racks. You feel certain that they've got what you're looking for, but you're not really sure where to start. You have to have the energy to dig and evaluate each pair until you find the right one. Maybe you have the energy, or maybe you just feel overwhelmed and unsure of where to start. And so you decide to try a second store because it's just too much, right? Now you go to the second store. I want you to imagine a second store, whether you'd actually go to a second store in that situation or not, okay? So the second store has fewer choices, but they're all displayed on mannequins with descriptions of how they fit. And you walk in and you can spot from the very first moment you're in the store the jeans that work for you. Decision done. Think about those two stores, the number of options and the way they're presented can be overwhelming or they can be simple and clear. And it's especially important to consider if your child is someone who has trouble getting started on projects or big endeavors, right? If they struggle to get started on things, to know where to start, putting them in a situation where they're overwhelmed by the amount of options is not going to be helpful for them, okay? For your child, you want to be sure the choices you're offering are simple and clear, okay? Let's put this into context for your child, right? Let's say your child is floating around kind of unsure of what to do with themselves and they're starting to get dysregulated, bouncing off the walls, if you will. Rather than saying, go find something to do in your room, you might say, I have an idea, let's do some coloring. You can fill in the blank with whatever activity you'd like, but you want to offer them something concrete that they can choose to engage with or not. If they reject your idea, you might then ask them if they can think of an activity that they would like to do at the table. So in this context, then you've provided some constraints for the type of activity they have to do it at the table, and you've given them an idea that they can roll with. You aren't leaving them floundering with an open-ended decision or too many options, and you're giving them the option to have your support or not. We can color together, or you can choose your own activity. It's up to you. Another approach you could take would be to bring up something that they've worked on recently and ask them to share it with you. Maybe they were playing with Legos recently. Ask them to show you some of their favorite creations. They get to choose what they share and then revisiting their work in this way may inspire them to take it deeper. It's not exactly the way that we typically think of giving choices, right? But it presents an opportunity for them to take ownership of their work and choose whether or not they want to take it deeper. You're giving them a container to operate within 
the world of Legos, right? And then asking them what they're proud of, what they'd like to share with you. So they then go and choose within that container what they want to share. All right, I want to look at decisions or choices in one more context here before we wrap up, and that is food choices. This is a big one, and it illustrates the points that I made earlier so nicely. So many parents, when giving their child choices about food, give too many options and create too many decisions. They might ask, what do you want for lunch? Or they might say, do you want juice or milk? Crackers or chips? Strawberries or apples? Cheese or yogurt? Turkey or ham? There, in each of these situations, each of these questions, there are only two options, right? But it's one question after another after another. And if this is happening in the context of food, if you can see this in yourself with your with how you're offering your child choices about food, it's probably happening in other areas too. So knowing that that's what's going on for a lot of parents, here's another way to think of it. Instead of giving them free reign and asking them what they'd like out of all the things that exist in your house, right? Or offering choices for every component of their lunch or dinner, think about creating a container for safe choices. Pick out a variety of foods for them, including foods you know they like. And then you give them free reign to choose within that container. You give them free reign to choose what they'd like to eat or not from the choices that you've provided for them. It's safe, it's not overwhelming, and it still gives them control over their decisions. I want you to sit with that for a minute. And I know I said that if this is happening for you with food, it's probably happening in other situations too. So I want you to think about how this strategy of providing a container for choices could extend to other situations. Where else is this showing up in your relationship with your child? There are probably situations where you're already doing this, you're already providing that container for them, where else can you tie it in? And for bonus points, how can you give them opportunities to choose their level of independence? Right, so if you think about getting dressed in the mornings, you have a busy morning, you want them to put on their clothes, they don't know what to put on, so they're asking you for help. But you're not available yet, you're in the middle of washing dishes, right? You might say, I can't help you get dressed right now, so you can either work on it yourself so that you can get started on your project, or you can wait till I'm done with the dishes and then I can help you. Right, so you're giving them the choice to figure it out independently so they can move on to what they would like to be doing, or to choose your help and wait for you to finish what you're doing so that you can help them. There are so many examples, so many ways you can give your child meaningful choices that help them feel empowered and encourage them. 
All right, I hope that this episode has been helpful. I hope you have a great week, and I will catch you in the next episode. Are you fired up to make change in your family? Ready to change course and stick to it? You're going to want to get on my email list. It's like a direct line to my brain sent straight to you every week. It's helped my clients start making changes before they even get on a call with me. Sign up and get any of my free resources, link in the show notes.